Warning. The Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations, our fellow artists. Welcome to Not Real Art, the podcast that celebrates the culture of creativity. I'm your host, Sourdough. And man one, that's me. Man one in the house. In the house. What's up, brother? Chilling, man. Chilling. Dude, we're at it. We're at it again. Oh, man. Will this ever end? <laughs> Yo, it'll end all right. It'll end. <laughs> it ain't gonna be not gonna be pretty. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Fiery crash is what I think uh, I see in my future. <laughs> big, big blast. I like roasting marshmallows. Turns out I'm gonna roast myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, here we are. But I digress. Oh man, it's good to see you. Yep. We got a lot to talk about. We've done a lot. What do you want to do? Boredom is not a problem. No. I mean, you ever th- you ever think about that? Like. People who are bored, what's that? I mean, like, how, what is that even like? That just sounds like luxurious. It's <laughs> like laying around, like, don't know what to do. Well, I mean, there's a lot. There is a lot of boring stuff out there, though, on purpose. I feel like if you're bored, yeah. you're fucking boring. Like, you know what I mean? You're <laughs> yeah. the problem. It ain't It ain't life. It ain't the world. Because there's, like, a lot of shit out there, right? To, yeah. You just got to go about, do it. You know, you bitch go about. <laughs> go protest. By the way, you're so fucking bored. Go fucking protest our fucking. That's what we should do. What's that? Yeah. That should be a campaign. If you're bored, go fucking protest. Ah, see, that's it. You you heard it here first. I'm not real art people. Get up, walk down the street, protest. Make a sign, pots and pans. Beat some pots and pans in the corner. Yes, yes. You know, whatever. Get a whistle. Yeah, I think that that's the. Uh, I think that's the ticket. If you are bored, you <laughs> you need to protest. <laughs> you know. I by the way, it, just in all candor for our listeners, I don't they I don't know if they can hear it. Yeah. But in the studio today, we have an alien, a foreign uh, <laughs> invader here, my son. Yeah, who's uh, knocking on the door. Ellis. Yeah. Who is banging on the door yeah. because he has escaped the uh, the downstairs Yeah, and wants to come in and play podcast. He doesn't want to be bored. He doesn't <laughs> want to be bored downstairs. No protest, Ellis. Oh, wait, he is protesting. He's protesting He's right now, in. knocking on the door, yes. the not real art door. The not real art door. And... <laughs> <laughs> and that was a dada. Dada! Yeah. He's yelling. He... <laughs> I wonder if, he, wonder if people can hear that. Uh, Ellis, I'm recording right now. <laughs> yes, buddy. Yeah, he wants in. Dada, I, I, dada loves you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now, this is this is only funny if people can actually hear what uh, what is happening, which I'm not so sure. Um but uh, I think we're just going to have to let it roll because I don't want to stop recording. Yeah. You know, we've had this happen before with my daughter, right? Usually oh, yeah, we, yeah, you know, yeah. we let her you're, come you're, in. Your kids love, they love not real art. They do love not real art. They, well, you know, like they know what's up. Yeah. They're like, dad's doing some cool shit. Let's go barge into his studio. Because they know this is their, this is their legacy. This is, you know, this is what I'm leaving behind that's for what, them. That's, it's, that's right. <laughs> One day this will all be theirs. <laughs> that's right, right. This is their inheritance. They want all these digital files. All these digital files will be theirs at one point. These these microphones will be theirs, and I'm sure they won't take them to the pawn shop and you know, yeah, get twenty bucks. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, but you know, your son, strong little guy. Yeah, right. Strong little guy. Right. Solid. Yeah. yeah. Solid. And I think he's trying to batter ram the door down. Dude, the kid with with the shoulder. I think it's his shoulder. I don't know. Yeah, no, he's a little bull, bull. He's, you know, he's yeah, bull in a china shop. That guy. That's right. You know, solid. You, you know, you should stick around long enough so that when he's eighteen, he can be your bodyguard. Dude, he'll be my bodyguard in a few years. Actually, you're right. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, you know, but I mean, he's a perfect example of just how indifferent the universe is, right? right. Because the universe doesn't give a shit. Because right. if the universe actually cared. We'd all be born like Ellis. Yeah. Right? Because Ellis was just born out of the sheer luck of the draw to be like this solid chunk of muscle. Yeah. That is like got great balance. He's got great coordination. He's fast. 
He's great looking. He's got attitude. He's got he's got it all. He's got swag. Dude, if I had the swagger, okay, he's two and a half. Okay. If I had the swagger at 21 that he has at two and a half, oh, it's oh, a wrap. It's a wrap. It'd be a wrap. <laughs> you know, I just, he's cooler at two and a half yeah. than I ever have been in my whole life. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. He's just, he's that cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he knows he's got it going on. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. Maybe it's too much information, but, you know, <laughs> with, you know, him being adopted. And his biological dad being half Cuban, <laughs> like I, I think it's the Latin lover thing myself. Yeah. Well, you know, you just take credit for it. That's what I would do. <laughs> just take. Am credit I doing for okay? It. Yeah. You're you're a parent. Yeah. Of three amazing kids. Yeah. All of whom are like you know they're adults in college. Now. They're and, adults but, now. They're adults now. Right. You didn't kill them. They didn't kill you. <laughs> yeah. They haven't killed anybody Not that yet. we're aware of. Yeah. You did an amazing job. So so you can judge. I mean, how the fuck am I doing? Because I feel like I'm fucking up half the time. I'm still fucking up. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you're not fucking up, you're not doing it right. That's right. <laughs> that's that's fair, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not trying hard enough, you know? No, it's uh, having kids is a blessing and it's great and it's beautiful. And can you get out of the house now? <laughs> yeah. It's like, but so, so, so. Some people have criticized me because they think it's because my daughter's seven and my son's two and a half. Yeah. Some people have criticized me saying it's too early to hang military recruiting posters <laughs> in their room. I think it, I think it's not. I mean, why? You know, hey, time to get back. As soon as you're 18, serve your country. I noticed all the posters you're putting in your daughter's room. That's great. You're trying to get your daughter to, to enlist. Well, first. Air Force. Air Force. Air Force for her. <laughs> and then Ellis is straight up oh. Navy, Navy SEAL material. Yeah, he's Navy yeah. SEAL. He's he's going like, you know, deep, <laughs> deep, deep, dark ops. Yeah, yeah. Covert ops yeah. For, for Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> Although he's not being very covert right now. It's no, he's like not. begging on the door. Yeah. You know. Here's the thing, right? I mean, if 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 I was if I was Al Qaeda, I just would be shooting shooting that door right now. Like, oh, there he is. He's not being very <laughs> sly about things. Right no, now. no. <laughs> well, this is an interesting segue into you know what we kind of wanted to talk about because, of course, 2019 for me has been like crazy as a dad, you know, raising kids and the whole thing, and obviously it's been crazy for you. But 2019, man, we just wrapped a whole year. I mean, it's it went by so fast. So much was accomplished, but yet it seems like a blur. Oh, man. And it's only going to get blurrier. <laughs> That's what I heard. Oh, wow. There's all kinds of stuff going on <laughs> here in the background. No, nah, man, 2019 was great. I think it was a you know very successful year for all of us. We did a lot. We did things that we've never done before, uh, went to places we've never been to before. <laughs> Would you say that you accomplished all of your goals, most of your goals, few oh, of your goals? No. Like- no, 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 no. I don't even, it's, I don't even look at years that way. It's funny because I, I, I don't usually say, okay, this is, this is my goal for this year. And then if I don't accomplish it, then, then I, I didn't achieve it, blah, blah, blah. Obviously I set goals and there's things yeah. I want to do, but the only reason I do that is so that when I accomplish that goal, I can create new ones. Yeah. So honestly, throughout the year, I usually hit my goals and then start new ones and hopefully hit those and, right. you know, and if I don't hit them, I just keep going, you know. Yeah. It's, it's weird that the way kind of our lives are structured or, or like our calendar is structured because a lot of times we look at it, right, like January to December. And that's a year. But, you know, being an artist, that's not at all how it works. <laughs> because there's projects that I'll get, you know, in November that go through February. So, you can't really stop and think about it as like, oh, my year's over. Now, what am I? Well, I'm just, I'm continuing the, the work I was already starting. So, to me, I just look at it as a, you know, it's something that happens every year and great new year. Okay, cool. Let's keep going. But to me, it's just like an my career as an artist, I just feel like it's a not, never-ending journey. It's not like you, it's kind of like you're walking around the earth, and then you you don't say, "Okay, I got to China, I'm done now." No, you keep walking, you keep going to the next country, and then you make it back to China again, <laughs> and you do something else. That's kind of how I see my career. So, so how are you getting past Trump's wall on that walk? I'm just curious, like. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that fucking asshole. You're hopping over. Oh uh, man. Tunneling. Yeah, yeah, no, just uh just just I just tag on it. You know, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but it's cool, you know, it's twenty nineteen, did a lot of cool stuff, got some new clients, met a lot of cool people, got some awards, traveled to some cool countries. Where'd you go? Specifically I went to Japan, to Tokyo. I also went to Hong Kong uh, for the first time, and that was like right before all the protests started. Right, yeah. Which Got was in just in the nick of time. Yeah, it was really amazing because Hong Kong was such a cool city. It was like so pleasant, very friendly, very safe. I walked around for days just taking pictures and eating cool food, and just it was just great. It was a great time. And then to see like all the turmoil afterwards, like within like, I don't know, like a month and a half or whatever, everything changed. And it's, it's really amazing to, uh, to see how quickly things can change. You know, I wish people would protest <laughs> the way the Hong Kongers do, you know, here in this country. Cause I mean, they, they were able to really affect change, you know, I mean, they're still in it, they're still doing stuff, but just to mobilize on that scale was like awesome to see, but also like wow you know i was just there like before all this went down and there was no no sense of that in the air you know so you know things can always change that's the crazy thing and then you know i, I spoke about this uh, on another podcast that we did uh last year but tokyo was freaking beautiful i love tokyo you know japan was just like just so much to do there and and so much to see and so inspiring you know it's like one of the one of the things I love most about traveling anywhere is just the inspiration you get from going to these places and you come back and you're like on fire. To be honest, like a lot of what I was doing in Tokyo and in Hong Kong was inspiration for some murals that I'm painting for a client right now, you know? So almost a year later, I'm finally working on the actual murals. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, like to me, a year doesn't start and stop. You know, at a right. certain date, it's like that. Those, those, that traveling I did allowed me to come back, put my thoughts together, start sketching, delivering artwork to the client, back and forth for months on this uh, project, getting approval, you know, getting the materials, building these giant panels, installing them in my studio. Literally, like three, four days ago, I started painting them. <laughs> so it's like. You know, talk about a year. Some of these projects, that's what they take. Or and obviously, I'm not. I'm. I'm going to take me probably another month and a half before I finish and install it. So, so it's a it's a journey, you know. But but that was great, you know. I did not get to go to Miami though to Art Basel. Oh man, you missed the tape banana. I missed the fucking <laughs> tape banana comedian. Yeah, man. But you were there. I, I was there and representing for us. You know, Miami is is a very interesting place. I mean, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It definitely is, I think, you know, the sexiest city in, in the U.S. in many ways. But it is, it's a hard city. Traffic sucks. Well, uh, during Art Basel. Yeah, well, d- during Art Basel, <laughs> it especially sucks. Yeah. But I don't you know. But I talked to Uber drivers and other people. They're like, no, it sucks all the time. Yeah. yeah well. A lot of construction going on. There's a lot of people, you know. And yet it's so fascinating because they're looking at sea level rise and impacts of environmental issues and global climate change, what have you. And yet there's all this development going on. And, you know, so it's just a fascinating kind of city in a lot of ways. By the way, I don't think you could, you could drive fast, even if there was no cars on the street. Right. You'd crash. Yeah. You ever look to your right or left going down right. South Beach no, right. no. And, no. and try to slow and try to speed up? No, you can't. Yeah. Well, there's visual speed bumps. All over the place. <laughs> yeah. Visual speed bumps. But you still should, if you can, drive a Bugatti yeah. because those are very attractive to speed bumps. That's an excellent point. In a place with so much traffic, you can't even move. Ferraris, Lambos, Bugattis, they're all... They're everyone's going. There. They're already there. <laughs> and they <laughs> all seem to be driven by a... 27 year old <laughs> Cuban American or South American uh, 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 expat or you right. know like like or or rapper right. you know or like a 27 right. year old rapper but they never get to put that car out of first gear ever hey man, they don't you know it's just knowing that if they could actually open it up yeah it'd be off the charts it'd be off the chart you know 
And yeah, no, I, I, I was in Wynwood a few times. And one of the times I was there, I was like, having a little lunch at this thing and and traffic was just walled, bumper to bumper. Nobody was moving anywhere. And there's this dude in a Bugatti just sitting there fucking for like 15 minutes just sitting there. Couldn't go anywhere. People were walking by the car, taking photographs and stuff. I'm like, I wonder how he feels right now. Does he feel like he's getting his money's worth? (laughs) And I'm sure those engines don't burn any gas. Oh, no. I mean, just the oil change is $8,000. So, you know, like it must be worth it. But no, man, I mean, you know, Miami, this is, um, you know, I guess a couple of years now. You know, last year we went there. We were both there together. This year I went solo. Ran into lots of, you know, some of our friends. Shout out to Ben Goretzky over at Decon, who I saw down there, among others. Link Talon, uh, you know, Chicago artist that uh, that we know, who's had several paintings in a couple of different shows. Uh, and, and did very well and sold uh, very well. But it's a lot. It's too much. I made it, you know, what did I go? I went to Scope. I went to Contacts, Pulse, Art Miami, of course, Winwood Walls. And one of the highlights, though, was the Museum of Graffiti. Right. Yeah. And uh, I really hated going there without you because, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, like that just didn't seem right. It wasn't right. <laughs> yeah. You know, life ain't right when I can't go to the Museum of Graffiti without my boy, man, one. But that was a real highlight. They really, really put the love into that. And it's apparent. There's real scholarship there. They made a real effort to present the history in a fair, objective way that, you know, the neophyte can learn and understand, you know, they did it in a way that feels rational and and instructive because, you know, very kind of chronological kind of layout. But yet they've got areas for new school shit, you know, so they're definitely teaching you the history and shout out to the OGs and, you know, celebrating the OGs and what have you. But but then there are areas for the for the new generation and the new artists uh, coming up. The exhibits were off the charts. I mean, like they had original drawings and black books from 71, 72, 73, 74, you know, New York, like in these cases, like from the, you know, you know, OG archives, boy, I mean, just the integrity of those exhibits and the purity and the, the richness, the humanity of it was really, really poignant and palpable. And it was, you know, I think for, you know, certainly for those involved, they should be proud and I'm sure they are and because it's, it was a major accomplishment. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, I, I, I was really bummed that I couldn't be there for the opening and be in Miami for that. Cause number one, everyone was there, right? Well, <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of people, a, a lot of the, the heads from New York were there, uh, LA and everywhere else. And what was cool is he also gave a lot of love to the local artists, right? Yes. Like yes. that was, uh, Miami, Miami's represented for sure. Yeah. So that was great. You know, I was just—it's just interesting, right? Like, it's basic. Basically, this museum opened, basically 2020, but even though it's the end of 2019, right, right. but it's right around roughly 50 years from the beginning of, you know, what most people would say was the start of graffiti on the East Coast, right? Um, you know, obviously everyone's gonna debate that, but it's roughly around 50 years, right? I just—I just always find it interesting because. People have wanted to do a graffiti museum forever, right? Obviously, there's been galleries. You know, I had a gallery. Other people have had galleries. And everyone's spoken about a museum for years, for decades. And it's just so interesting that it takes about 50 years to put up a museum for something, you know? Maybe part of it is it has to be that way because... There's history involved. You need some some time between when it happened to when it can be documented and spoken about correctly. And that maybe that number is 50 years. I don't know. I just keep thinking of this, you know, Karis one line, you know, he says 50 years down the line will be the old school artist. That's kind of what I'm thinking is just like all of us in the game, all of us who were doing graph, uh, all of us who were graph lovers for the last 50 years. It finally took this to happen, you know, and I mean, it's great and I'm glad it did. And I'm just wondering if, if it's going to keep growing, you know, like, is this going to expand? I mean, you told me the, the size of the, of the museum is, is cool, but it, but can it be expanded? Absolutely. Well, can, it can't be exp- as I walk the building, like it, it, the building is, is pretty limited. Like, I mean, I think it's 3,600 square feet. 
they I think it would they would have to knock down a wall and build out into yeah. the parking lot or something to expand it. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah. It is important to point out that this isn't a permanent exhibition. This is not a pop-up, right? This is not a pop-up. This is permanent. And so, you know, for them to grow there, I don't really know what it would take. It seems like they would have to knock a wall down and build out into the parking lot or whatever. And, or maybe they build another structure there and connect it with doors or something, you know, who knows. But so, and that whole area is just being so, well, it's, gentrification right it's just like off the charts there so how long can they stay there you know where would they go next to expand to build I, you know i don't know i mean clearly there's a lot of money involved here i don't know what that looked like for them in terms of who's you know who's backing them and and what their who their investors are but clearly they had you know money to do it well and do it right and do it well just not necessarily do it big and that's probably phase two whenever that is five ten years down the road i don't know yeah, yeah. No, I, I also heard that there's like a, I think a hip hop hall of fame being built in the Bronx. Really? Well, that makes sense, man. And, you know, this would be like a natural tie to that. Yeah, man. Good for them. You know, Alan Kett, Carlos Mayer 139. Which, by the way, Carlos said he'd be on the podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, uh, we got to make that happen. I've learned a lot from him over the years, even just following him from afar. Every time I've, I've spoken to him in person, he's always dropping knowledge and just really, really cool, humble, humble guy. And he has so much knowledge, just so much knowledge. And, you know, some exchanges online have taught me a lot. And then, you know, he's just a cool cat. So, you know, it's, I think it's one of those, it's so important that when, you, when you're doing something like a museum of something, you better get the right people to be the face of it and to organize and orchestrate it because this could have this could have gone terribly wrong had you had the wrong the wrong curator the wrong director for sure like i wouldn't want that task (laughs) that's like you know you have to put up with all the egos and all the all that stuff but they did a great job so so kudos to them museum of graffiti we give them we give them props yeah i mean one of the more compelling exhibits i mean it's all compelling but one of the ones that struck me is when you walk in, like the kind of the first wall, one of the first walls you see just to your left is this floor to ceiling sort of installation of Martha Cooper photographs, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So these are photographs that she took uh, in this, in the certainly in the 70s, early 70s, mid 70s in the Bronx, uh, Brooklyn, whatever. And boy, were they poignant. Because they were photos of largely of kids, you know, living and playing in the hood, you know, and the amount of poverty, of course, it's like third world shit, right? They're living in a war zone. And yet the energy captured in her photographs, the vitality captured in her photographs, dare I say the positivity and the love and the joy captured in her photographs of these young kids, of these young people making something out of nothing, using their imagination you know, collecting found objects on the, on the street, tires and bottles and boxes, you know, mattresses, and then constructing worlds and toys and games in the projects with the Bronx. These photos were unbelievable. And the kids, uh, the looks of joy and laughter and smiles on their faces were so poignant because I'm like looking at this going like, I won't, well, first of all, I wonder what happened to these kids. Second of all, like, are kids today even capable of that amount of, imagin- of imagination and that amount of ingenuity and that amount of fun? A, because maybe we are too connected to screens and, you know, entertainment, whatever, but also because parents are so overprotective these days. I mean, do we let our kids go out and run the streets, <laughs> you know, like, like, like back in the day? I don't know, but I'm just saying like those photos were just so poignant on so many levels. And then when you think about what's happened to the Bronx and to Brooklyn, you know, over the last 30 years and the fact that none of those people could afford to live there anymore is really interesting. And so anyway, so I could go on. But yeah, the the Museum of Graffiti was a real highlight in my trip to Miami for Art Basel. That's the real shit. Like, that's what you're talking about, yeah. right? Like, exactly what you just mentioned about Martha Cooper's images and all that. That gave you the sense of, like, like that hits you in the gut, like, real. And then you drive from that museum 15 minutes away or whatever 
and people are sticking bananas with freaking tape onto the wall <laughs> for 120,000 <laughs> $120, or whatever the fuck it was, you know? And, and that's, that's the insanity of art Basel right there <laughs> in a nutshell, <laughs> you know, and, and the art world in general. Wow. It's crazy. Well, and you know, the, the people watching is fantastic. You know, that's one of my great joys going to a place like Miami or to a, an event like our Basel because people just dress up, man, you know, and, uh, and it's, and it's hilarious. You know, it, it's, it's a lot like last year. I mean, I think last year we said a third of the art was genius. A third of the art was emerging and then a third of it was shit, you know? Right. I, I think that's probably still the case. I mean, it's very hard for me to look at art and appreciate art that feels appropriated or derivative or whatever. I like, I can't see, if I don't see the human hand and if I can see your influences, I tend not to like the art. I got to see the hand and it's got to feel fresh and original, you know, and that's there. I mean, I saw a lot of that, but I just also saw, you know, a lot of stuff that I just wasn't impressed by, you know, but that's just, that comes with the territory, right? One of, <laughs> one of the highlights for me being in Miami that weekend was that I went to little Haiti for a rave. For a rave? <laughs> For a rave. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Little Haiti. Yeah. Right. Which, of course, already had me interested because I've been I've been to Haiti a couple yeah. times, as you right. know. And so to go to Little Haiti in Miami seemed really interesting. But somebody had told me that the art car from Burning Man called the Mayan Warrior yeah. was going to be performing, quote unquote, <laughs> at this rave in Miami. Yeah. In Little Haiti. And this art car is rumors are that they've spent $5 million developing this art car. Yeah. Okay. Well, the art car is really like a fucking nightclub on wheels, so to speak. Yeah. And it's this just huge vehicle, if you want to call it that, that is just wired with all the state-of-the-art technology for sound and lighting there are. The sound system is off the chart. It's like a stage on wheels. Stage on wheels. <laughs> DJ, you know, DJ boost up top, lasers and lights and fire blow, you know, blowing mechanisms, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and these big sort of structures that come off of it. And then there are stages and people dance on it, whatever. And I've only seen it at Burning Man on the playa for the last two years. And it's crazy to see it there. But then when somebody told me it was in Miami, I was like, what? You know what I mean? Like what? So I had to go see it. Cause you're a burner. Cause yeah. Cause I'm a burner. Right. So, <laughs> so we, so I go to this and what was fascinating about it was that while the art car was the same, you know, Mayan warrior, fucking amazing, but the people were different. Uh, yeah. And it was fascinating because, you know, at Burning Man, there might be 5,000 people mm -hmm. dancing around this thing at three in the morning or whatever. Right. And you don't have to worry. I mean, sure, you do lock your bike because, yeah. you know, we've got 5,000 people. We've got probably 3,000 bikes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, whatever. You lock your bike just to be safe, what have you. But you don't really worry about your safety. And what was interesting about this vibe, this party, was that while probably, I mean, there were probably a couple thousand people there anyway, you know, I'm guessing at least a third of them, if not 50% of them, were, were burners, right? But then the other remaining percentage were other. And so there was just an energy about it. It was like, oh, yeah, no, I mean, you're not I don't necessarily feel like I shouldn't watch my back. Right. If that right, makes right, sense. Right, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, just I mean, I'm not a burner and I've never been to Burning Man. But, you know, from what I gather, you just pretty much uninhibited out there. And so people kind of act that way. In a city like Miami, you know, like you said, I don't care how how cool, how safe you think everything is, you know, you're still, you're not in the middle of the desert. You're still in a city. You're still dealing with shit and people are going to, are going to act differently. I guess another way of putting it is I felt like in Miami, there were just a lot more douchebags. Oh, oh you didn't know that? <laughs> you know, you well, at this particular burn, at this particular rave. Oh, come the douchebag ratio was uh, <laughs> was too high for my liking. You know, certainly compared to Burning Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just finished talking about Bugattis. And by the way, <laughs> there were a lot more naked people at Burning Man. <laughs> yeah. And yet somehow there were fewer douchebags. 
anyway, uh, no, my, our Basel is cool. I mean, it's shit now. It's like, you know, several weeks ago, I feel like, you know, it's kind of almost kind of a blur. But yeah, the, the, the big takeaway, it feels like, was the state banana. And, you know, I mean, you start seeing this thing. I mean, I saw, speaking of Bugattis, I saw, well, I honestly am trying to remember now if it was Bugatti or if it was a Lamborghini, but I saw one of these exotic cars a couple of days later with a banana taped to the hood. Like it's driving through South Beach with a banana taped to it. Be, it, it you know, suddenly it became a meme, right? This tape banana thing. And of course, the artist has a reputation for being a bit of a provocateur, right? I mean, he did the gold toilet, you know, uh, however many years ago now. Um, you know, so who's la- – I mean – what do you, what did you think about the tape banana as an artist, as a critic, who's taking the piss out of who on the, yeah. I mean, you know, I think everyone already beat it, beat it to death, but you know, it's, it's kind of like a scene kind of behind the veil of the art world. It's a stunt, you know, and it's like, it's just, it's what's sad about it is just like how many people take the bait, take the bait, man. That's, ah. Uh, it's it's that's that's the terrible part right you know right like no one went up there and said like this is bullshit you know and told the gallery can you get the fuck out of here no they fucking celebrated it and instagrammed it and photographed it and then and then of course the fucking guy came and fucking took a bite out of it right ate it and ate it like it's just it's that's exactly why i don't do art (laughs) in that (laughs) at that level (laughs) That's exactly why people hate art. That's exactly why people don't get art because there's a lot of shitty stuff like that in the art world and it gets it gets thrown in with the good stuff, the stuff that's meaningful, the stuff that when artists really pour their, their heart and soul into stuff, then you got that, you know, and it's just, eh, it's like, really, you know? Yeah, I wonder if somebody had gone, like, can you imagine, like, you know, somebody had gone ballistic and, you know, like they had a, they just happened to have a baseball bat with them and they just fucking started beating the shit out of the fucking wall with the banana and just been like, fuck right. this shit. Boom. I wonder if they would have been charged $120,000. Well, you you know what happened? You heard after the guy ate it or whatever. Yeah. Another guy came and with lipstick tagged the wall. Did you hear about that? Oh, no, I didn't hear that. Yeah. He tagged the wall and I think it was like a, I, if I remember correctly, he wrote something about, you know, Epstein, the Epstein thing, you know. Oh, right. Epstein right. didn't kill himself yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what he wrote. Okay. But anyways, he got arrested. <laughs> he got arrested. And uh, I don't know what happened to him, but, you know, that was another performance artist, right? He was yeah. like live streaming him vandalizing the wall where the banana was hanging. It's just, it's just, just shit. That's like terrible. That's the levels of hypocrisy, d- dysfunction, and irony. Uh, it's just like it's a it's a fucking hairball. Yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, shit. Like yeah. it's crazy, right? Because if Art Basel didn't have all those millionaire and billionaire collectors there, you wouldn't have this stupid shit like that. You know, because who's gonna buy a hundred twenty thousand dollar fucking banana? It's only one of these fucking sick fucks. Who has nothing better to do but to fly to Miami for two days and buy a bunch of stupid shit? But then again, if we didn't have those guys flying in and doing that, right. no one would give a shit about Miami and wouldn't be there. Yep. So it's like, oh god, it's like this fucking catch twenty two with the, in the art world, you know? Yeah. It's like you gotta and love yet, it. And yet, if you it. were the artist that was so fed up for some reason with the system and whatever, and you, and you were participating in a show yeah. and you decided, fuck it. I'm going to go buy a fucking banana at the Seven Eleven around the corner. I'm going to tape that shit to the wall. And then, and you just did it in protest yet. Somehow it blew up. Like you, you you'd fucking, you, you, I don't know if you'd be happy or sad, but like, right. like it would be insane. Right. Like obviously the, you know, the artist Mauricio, right. What the fuck's his last name? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I'll have to look it up. But clearly he has some acclaim already anyway as a provocateur. But like, was it designed? Was it impromptu? Was it, you know, who knows? But it, it does hold up a mirror on some level. And I think good art does that. To me, the, the banana fucking thing was the worst part of Art Basel. <laughs> Looking at it from over here, you know, because that's like too bad I missed it. Uh, too bad I couldn't hang with you there. But 
Hopefully, we'll do it in 2020. I just think he was calling me a monkey, and I don't, I don't play that. I don't like being called a monkey. <laughs> I like my bananas, but come on. Well, you know, this podcast really is about 2019, not our Basel specifically. And a lot happened in 2019. And, you know, you're absolutely right. Like, we go into these years, and there's carryover from the year prior. There's projects. I mean, these things that we're doing our lives, right, are happening on multiple parallel paths, right? And some things are further along than others, and some things are still in the progress. Some things are just getting started. And, you know, if you're trying to be a, 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 a whole, total human being, right, I mean, we're, you know, body, mind, and soul, right? So, and as, you know, you know, family men and spouses and stuff, like, you know, we've got to, we got to work, we got to provide. And yet at the same time, we got to take care of ourselves. We got to grow. And so for me in 2019, yeah, coming into 2019 from 2018, I remember thinking like, you know, because I'm not a resolution guy. It's like, you know, it's not about like, oh, what is my New Year's resolution? Fuck that shit. It's just like, what do I want to do with my time this year? Right? Because I mean, to me, nothing's more valuable than my time. And nothing's more precious than my time. And so what do I want to, how do I want to use my time this year? And so beginning of 2019, I knew that I wanted to use my time to be the best husband and father I could be, Mm -hmm. which of course I failed miserably. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I, I, I knew that I had to start addressing my health and fitness more mm-hmm. in 2019 because 2018, 2017, 2016, like I just become incredibly sedentary. I mean, you have kids, right? And yeah. suddenly like you don't have time to fucking work out or whatever. And I mean, you've known me a long time. I yeah. mean, I've gone through, you know, times of being incredibly active and fit and you're a fucking triathlete. Well, I mean, yeah, I've <laughs> done, a, done a few, uh, two Ironmans. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so coming into 2019, I was like, fuck, I got to get moving again. You know what I mean? Like, I just got to get moving. Like, for the sake of being a good husband and father, I got to be fucking healthy, you know? And so one of my goals, one of my quote unquote goals for 2019 was like, I want to use my time to, to try to get moving again and get healthy again. And then professionally, in terms of my goals and entrepreneurial dreams, what have you, it was about doubling down on our passion for for the arts and artists and helping celebrate and elevate the the creative culture that we're a part of. And so, you know, for us, it was all about not real art and the conference and the grant and the podcast. And so coming into 2019, you know, I was like thinking like, shit, you know, how's the conference going to go? How's the grant going to go? How's this podcast thing going to play out? We worked our ass off, but you know, I'm happy to say that the conference was a, I think a bona fide success. 175 people, I think, will tell you that who were there that day. The grant was a success. I mean, we gave 12 artists each a thousand dollars, which they were incredibly grateful for, and they put to good use to further their practice. We not just gave them money, but we gave them a platform to tell their story and promote their work. We gave them an exhibition. We featured them on a podcast. We created content around them for the blog, etc. And you and I. <laughs> produced virtually a new podcast every week. And then on top of all of that, we also invested in reinventing the website and, you know, getting some technologies working on our behalf to better market and promote the content that we're producing and so on and so forth. So I feel like looking back on 2019, man, I mean, it was very productive, successful on many metrics in terms of career, you know, business and profession but also in terms of health, you know, got, got moving, got a little more activity and a lot of more, a little more uh, action in terms of fitness. I'll leave it to my kids and my wife to, uh, <laughs> to, say, <laughs> to say whether or not, you know, I managed to, uh, to be a decent husband and father. But I will say that I uh, managed to get my daughter riding her bike in 2019. So that was cool. I would just see my seven-year-old kid, you know, take off nice. on two wheels. Uh, that was pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. There you go. That's good. Yeah, and then she crashed. And then, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> Wham! No, I got her. I got her. I got her on the bike. I got her riding. Mm-hmm. And then I was so proud of her that I immediately built a ramp. 
And I said, okay, <laughs> yeah. now, did you, have you ever heard of Evil Knievel? She's like, no. Yeah. I'm like, well, here, let me just, you know, show you. No, uh, joking aside, that was really cool. So, yeah. So, we've got a whole nother year. It was jam-packed last year. It was jam-packed. Jam-packed last year. I mean, look, we're just scratching the surface. Fuck, you worked your ass off. I worked my ass off. So much happened. Oh, yeah. So much happened. And we're just literally scratching the surface. These are the, uh, I think they're called highlights. These are the highlights. Well, and yeah, speaking of the highlights, my wife and I celebrated our 25th anniversary. Major highlight. Right? That was a that Dude, was your party was huge. so dope. It was so great. It was so filled with love. You read yeah. your vows. The family, the whole family was there. was a huge turnout, big turnout. Yeah, it was great. Wow. It just, it's crazy how uh, in the blink of an eye, boom, <laughs> we're here. Oof. So that was great. That was uh, that was definitely one of the highlights of, of my year. And like you said, you know, professionally, I was a lot of new projects, a lot of good sized, big projects. I was really happy with the fact that I had less projects in terms of quantity, but better projects in terms of quality, you know? So that was awesome. The family, you know, can't stress that enough, just how important family is and having my kids, you know, doing what they're doing and still living at home, by the way. <laughs> We're working on that. Well, yeah, but, right. So when they come home, you know, next week and all their stuff's on the sidewalk, maybe they'll get the hint. <laughs> well, luckily I have one of them who's going to be moving out this year. Well, I shouldn't say luckily because... We're going to, you know, my daughter's moving to Hawaii. She's going to be an island girl. She's going to be an island girl and going to go to school out there in Hawaii. So, so as much as I keep wanting to kick them out of the house, I'm like dreading the day that she, you know, later this year where she's going to pack her bags and move to fucking Hawaii. <laughs> well, but here's the deal, right? At least she's moving, you know, at least she's moving to Hawaii. She's not going yeah. to Ohio. Oh, yeah. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, now yeah. you have a legit reason. Right. To go visit. To go to the islands. Right? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, God bless her for that. You yeah. could be going to Ohio. No, that's awesome. She's. I'm so proud of her. So, the family thing is always the most important. And then, you know, kind of touching about what you said in terms of health and all that. Started working on, on my health issues and stuff like this. You know, just kind of like dealing with like uh, hypertension and shit like that. And you don't, you don't have to mention the STDs, by the way. No, I don't mention those. That's those, too much information. That's a given. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah yeah the hepatitis oh, and, yeah. The, and the and the chlamydia yeah <laughs> yeah all, all that shit yeah. all that no but it was just like uh maybe it's because of our age or whatever but it's yeah. kind of like you start thinking hey you know you don't bounce back from shit as easy anymore <laughs> at least i don't i just want to you know want to be want to do more and, and and be more active and all that so you know worked on that and started that in 2019 and hopefully more of that in, in 2020 but well, as um, i was saying earlier your your skin is glowing like i like i have not seen it in a long time whatever you're doing you, you did you change up your milk are you drinking different milk now yeah i'm drinking oat milk oat milk oat. let's see I, that, I think that might have something to do with uh -huh. the uh, radiance uh, that is uh, permeating your uh, your aura here hey what can i say you know, <laughs> oat know. milk what the fuck is oat milk i don't know just i just drink it i don't even ask questions it's is great. It, can, is it? Is it? It tastes. Can it, you drink it? it, it, is, is, it yeah, it I, I drink it just like fucking milk. What? I, I put it in cereal. Oat milk. What? One of my friends, collectors, recommended it to me one day. You know, I was like looking for different alternatives, different types of food, you know, and stuff like that. And she just said, "Hey, oat milk." I said, "Never heard of that." Wow. Let me this try it. Collector might have saved your life. I think she did. I think she did. Whoo! Shout out to your collector. Yeah, Morgan. <laughs> thank you, Morgan. Wow. Yeah. So, She's going to so, hit you up for a free piece after oh. this. You saved her life. She saved your life. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's awesome. <laughs> you know, now I'm putting oat milk on, on everything. Ice ice latte. Boom. But what some, if you mix, what, what if you mix, you know, I'm a big, okay, what was it? Nesquik or like the, like the quick, like chocolate, like the milk. chocolate you know, Ovaltine yeah. or whatever. Know. Like, I don't know. What does that taste? Does it taste okay? I don't know. I haven't tried that. Maybe I'll try that. Where do you even buy oat milk? Is there an oat milk store? Is there an oat milk mall? I just went to the regular. Are there oat cows? Like who? Where do you even get oat milk? How do you milk the oat? Maybe it's goat milk and they just took the G out. By the way, that would make sense. <laughs> that I would get. It's just rebranding. Yeah. It's, actu it's actually it's goat milk. Goat, but it's oat milk. But now it's oat milk. I think they're fucking you, hustling you think that's what shit. I think it's, a, it's just a rebranding. <laughs> Typo on the package. <laughs> Leave the G out. And people it's will buy it. Because people, yeah, 
Yeah. Like, oh, no, was going to buy goat milk. But no, oat milk. Yeah, oat milk. Uh-oh. Uh, see, that's you're getting hustled, man. I'm getting hustled. Because, by, by the way, like, I, I'm not judging because, you know, I've actually, <laughs> believe it or not, eaten goat meat before. Dude, I'm Mexican. It's delicious. About? Like, I love it. So, I mean, the goat milk. Yeah. You know. Why not? So, so it's oat milk. That's how they charge more. It's like the hipsters like drink the oat milk. Yeah. You're a hipster now. I'm a burner and you're a hipster. <laughs> you know, I, I guess I am, you know. <laughs> but your skin is glowing. Imagine if I bathed in the oat milk also. <laughs> By the way, I want a photo of that. That's going to be, no, no, no. But that's going to be my new art project. <laughs> Photographing artists, graffiti artists, graffiti artists in, in tubs oat, of oat, oat milk. milk. Uh, I think you're putting your marketing hat back on right now. <laughs> I think you're trying to pitch this to the oat milk industry. I mean, it, it, I mean what could go wrong? Yeah, artists in oat milk. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's I mean, that's your campaign. You know, it's it, it's going to be a hit. I can tell. I mean, it feels very <laughs> Dolly esque on some level. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, well, that's really cool that you're feeling healthy. The kids are good. Yep. It is. It is bittersweet that your beautiful daughter is going to Hawaii, but it's sweet because it gives you a great excuse to go to Hawaii. When is yeah. your first trip? When are you planning to go? We're going out there in May. I've never been to Hawaii, so this will be my first time in Hawaii in May. My sister-in-law and brother-in-law are having uh, their vows. You know. Oh, cool. They're celebrating their 25th, so... So we're going out there to celebrate with them, also to see the campus, you know, all that kind of stuff while we're there. And then she goes back, I think like in August is when my daughter needs to move into to the school. So we'll be back in August, I guess, again to, okay. to move her in or whatever. Right, right, right. So yeah, so we'll we'll get to see her a couple times a year over there, hopefully, you know. Yeah, that, that'll be great. And she's playing uh, soccer too, right? Yeah, yeah. She's got a scholarship to play out there. And so that's- I tell that's, you what, we all want to grow up to be Viviana, man. That chick is fucking- <laughs> Just on fire. Oh, my God. She's too much. She's got another tattoo. I'm just disappointed she doesn't have more tattoos. Well, she's up to like what? One, two, what? Like that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very important caveat. I think it's four. I think it's that four. That you can see. That, that you're I can aware, see of, that I'm aware of. I think there's four. But I may be totally wrong on that. I think she's going to go for a whole sleeve is what I think she's doing. Interesting. She, so what does she have? Where, 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 she, did a, she did a Medusa on her shoulder. Okay. You know, and then two days ago did like some other thing on her forearm, like the whole forearm. Okay. Okay. What's this part called? That's your forearm. What's this part? Whatever. The top well, of the forearm? <laughs> well, the top of your forearm, the bottom of your forearm. I don't know. Whatever. So she yeah. did She did it on her forearm. Yeah. So she's just got this whole thing. She loves tattoos and, you know, and that's my, that's probably my fault. You know, well, she, yeah, because you know, you fucking <laughs> let your kids hang out with all these fucking people, all these artists with tattoos and piercings. I yeah. mean, what do you think they're gonna want? I know, because I'm like, I don't have any tattoos, I don't have any piercings. What's wrong with you guys? Do, do not come back and bitch to me if she comes home with a <laughs> nose ring or a fucking. Oh, what do you, you didn't know she already had a nose Joe, ring? She has a nose ring now. She's she's had a nose ring for several years now. Okay, maybe I did know that because I have seen her. Yeah, yeah, and the one that you didn't know about either. Is she has her belly button pierced, which I did not know that happened before the the nose, and no yeah, one told there, me. There are more piercings in her future, my man. I, I, uh, I, I, I you know, I, you know, I hate to tell you. Well, at least at least you'll be in Hawaii doing that. <laughs> well, yeah. here's the thing, Vivian, if you're listening, <laughs> in Pasadena this weekend, there's a tattoo convention <laughs> happening. Go look for an artist named Bill Kiefer. He does amazing fish. And you should have him tattoo your uh, your your arm with a fish. No, no, he doesn't tattoo with a fish. He tattoos fish. <laughs> Sorry, I need to clarify. Yeah. Well, that's quite something. My God. Well, you know, so I nice, uh, yeah. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> I don't think I would have the. I think I'd cry like a bitch if I, you know, like that needle hurts like a son of a bitch. I I don't know. Yeah, you know, like I don't, well, I don't know either. I just hear, but yeah, yeah, I can't do it. So, anyways, I mean, so so twenty nineteen. Can you imagine if 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 Ellis? Okay, let's just let's just play this out for a minute. If my son Ellis was was in college with Viviana, and they managed to get married and have a family, can you imagine the fucking kids that? I mean, it just would be no off the chart. The 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 beauty factor. But here's the thing. Yeah, I actually care about Viviana so much. There's no way in hell I would let her marry my son. There's no way in hell. 
you kidding me? Viviani, run for your life. This kid's nothing but trouble. I love him as, as much more than I love myself. But I'm just telling you, for the for the good of all humanity. Oh man. Run for the hills. Yeah. Oh god. Wow. Well, that's gonna be nice going to Hawaii. What island is she on, by the way? Is she gonna be on the She's going to she's going to Hilo. Hilo. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, so that's what that's the big island. Yeah. Yeah. So she's on the big island. But hey, when you're that far, you might as well. Skip Here's what I want her to one. do. <laughs> she shouldn't be on the big island. Yeah. I want her to go to not necessarily the first year. She's getting settled. Yeah. But like certainly by the second year, she needs to attend the Ironman World Championships. Okay. Right. Which yeah. are which are on the big island. Okay. Yeah. Now, for those listeners who don't know, the Ironman is a triathlon event. It is the the mother of all triathlon events, and it is a swim, bike, run, and the swim is 2.4 miles, the bike is 112 miles, and then the run is a marathon, okay? And so you have to do all of that inside 17 hours. However, the world championships are in the on the big island in Kona, where mm. it was founded in the 70s. Mm. That's why it was there. But this, of course, is a world champion. So you have to qualify to get there, which means you had to have done another Ironman Ugh. under like a certain time. So all these pros are there yeah. doing this fucking 140.6 mile swim, bike, run race in, listen for this, they're doing it now in six, seven hours. Uh, okay. Insane. Think about that. That's right? insane. Fucking insane. So here's the deal. I want Viviana to go. <laughs> yeah. I want Viviana to watch. Yeah. And here's why. Yeah. Because- she is going to be so inspired and she's such a badass <laughs> yeah. and she already has the tattoos to prove it <laughs> that she will want to do one. Oh uh, yeah. And she will start training she and will. she, cause she's fucking a great athlete. She's yeah. already playing soccer at a very high level and yeah. she's being recruited with scholarships, what have you. Yeah. The, the, she's, she's a natural. She's a natural. Swim, bike, run, man. We right. all can, we all love swimming, biking and running. <laughs> She'll be winning the fucking Ironman world championships in no time. In no time. Well, I'll, I'll pass that information along. Just tell her that your old buddy, Scott, just has very modest goals for her. Got it. I will let her know. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And just, uh, think, just think, I'm just dropping that seed right now. Yeah. But just think if that seed lands and it gets a little water and it gets fertilized and yeah. then suddenly she's crossing the line. Who's she going to thank? Not you. Not me. Not you. Not She'll me. be thanking me. She'll you. be like, I just want to thank yeah. my dad's friend, Scott, yeah. a.k.a. Sourdough. <laughs> That's it for all of this because, well, we ha- we ha- we have it documented, <laughs> and we shall see. Hey, you know, we you, you gotta you gotta dream, man. You gotta, gotta dream. dream. Yeah. Well, this has been uh, quite a 2019 recap. <clears throat> you know, hey, we got a we got a whole new year ahead of us. That's right. We just crossed the line for 2020, but I think uh, we should save that for another podcast. What do you think? Yeah, there's too much going on. Let's wait. <laughs> All right, it's late. We'll talk later. All right. All right. Peace Peace out. Peace. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to like this episode and share it with your friends on social. And if you haven't already done so, please be sure to press subscribe and follow us on IG at Not Real Artificial. We appreciate the support. Sourdough out.